Welcome to this episode of Artist Tales, the podcast that features and celebrates artists from different walks of life. I'm Heather Martin, and I'm speaking with Gabriella Gallagher, who is an award-winning novelist based in Ottawa, Ontario. Gabriella was born in Italy, grew up in Montreal, and has lived in Jerusalem, the Eastern Arctic, and Victoria, British Columbia. In the 80s and early 90s, Gabriella was active in Ottawa's LGBT plus community as editor of the community's newspaper, volunteer on Gayline, and co-founder of the Women's Coming Out Discussion Group. I met Gabriella through her partner. Welcome, Gabriella. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you. And, you know, it's really, I'm really, I was really looking forward to this interview with you because I know you've written three books. So to start off, I was just wondering how you got into writing. Well, I always wanted to be a writer. That's sort of childhood dream of mine. But I didn't have the confidence to get started with this until I was in my early 30s. Before that, I, I was working actually as a freelance writer and editor, but that was commercial writing. It wasn't creative writing. So I used to lament to my partner, who is still my partner, Barbara Freeman, that I wasn't feeling all that fulfilled in the work I was doing. But one day she just she just really gave me a push and said, well, why don't you go up? go and do what you really want to do. And so it's not like I gave up my bread and butter writing. I, I didn't feel I could do that. But I started taking courses, a workshop here and, and another another little program there, and just gradually got into it that way. I also joined a writer's group where we shared our writing. One year, I took off. This was the year that Barb went to do her PhD in Montreal. I took off the year from my pretty much from all my commercial work, and took a one-year creative writing course in Concordia. I was about 40 at the time, and everybody else was in their early 20s or even younger, maybe. And I really learned a lot. It was a lot of really gave me the push. And so gradually I got into it. But it took a long, long, long time before I actually produced a book that I was able to send to publishers. I'm going to ask you what your process was, you know, starting out versus now, you know, in terms of writing writing a book. Well, I started writing stories and then later I, I got into novels. But So my first project was stories, each story individually. And they all, they all turned out to be relatively related to my family. I was kind of writing about, yeah, about my family. And my process was to, and I still use this process a little bit, to write longhand, to kind of do a journal and just let ideas flow as much as any ideas would flow. It was kind of my version of scribbling. And, and then from there, I, once I had a, a start in that way, I got some ideas and I would just sit down at my computer and start working, shaping the, the story. There are writers who think of their stories all in, at one. It all comes to them in one flow, one brainstorm, but that doesn't happen to me. It, it's a, a gradual process. So when you were writing stories, did you get them published anywhere, or is it more to share with some of the writing groups you're with? Oh, well, I certainly shared the stories with my writing writers group and got critiques uh, that was very helpful and I also shared them with in some cases I was taking some kind of workshop or writing course uh, evening course so some of them came 
were generated out of that. One year I went to the Banff Writers Program. That was a sort of one-month program, and I did a story there. As for how it got published, yes, I would submit those stories to small journals, and in a number of cases, they were accepted. And a couple of them even won prizes, so that was a real boost. That must have been a real confidence boost to get those prizes as well. Oh, it was super, super. You know, <laughs> it's funny, I remember having one of the first time I got the prize, it was the PRISM prize, that was a prize done by a West Coast publication called PRISM International, and I got the first prize. And I remember saying to friends of mine, well, it's great getting the prize, but I'm a, I have a feeling I'm a one-story author. This is it. You know, this is my big moment in life, but it wasn't. So I kept on going. But yeah, it's wonderful to get that kind of recognition. So you're saying a lot of the writing you did initially was, you know, around your family. Has that continued? You're certainly reading on your website, there's kind of, you do touch on sort of your family in some of your novels as well? Well, yes. So my first collection of short stories was very much based on my parents. My novel, Girl Unwrapped, that was fiction. The the characters are all fictional, but I certainly drew on people I knew and my own life to create them. So some people ask me if that book is autobiographical. A little bit. There's sort of elements of myself and people I know in them, but it's fiction. And then my third novel, that was based on the life experiences of an aunt of mine, but again, it's fiction. And now I'm working on something else that's totally fiction. Which we'll get on maybe in, when we talk about kind of future projects, sure. which I'd be really interested to hear about. You know, what sort of thing, and certainly you've touched on, you know, family, but are there other themes you've kind of explored with your writing? Well, every book has a, a whole bunch of themes, so it really depends. Well, all of them have relationships are certainly important in all of the different books, but each one has a different kind of themes. For example, Girl Unwrapped is a lesbian coming out story set in the 1960s, early 70s. And so there's the lesbian theme is in that one. Actually, I would say all of everything I've written draws on my Jewish heritage. So that seems to be a strong element in one way or another in all my work. Sure. And I think, you know, just reflecting back on some of what you've said, I think there's always an element of yourself in whatever you do, you know, whether it's writing or photography or whatever your creative outlet is. I would agree, yes. Hard not to. Yeah, definitely. And when, what sort of influences do you have? I mean, you talked about your writer's group and you've done courses, but are there other things that kind of influence you or kind of might, put, you know, if you're kind of writing down ideas that might influence those ideas and might push you in a certain direction? Oh, oh, that's a hard question to ask. I mean, I guess you're not asking, you know, if any particular writer or writing has... Uh, Could be that. Yeah. And I never know how to, you know, I've had that question asked, what writers have influenced me? And I would say the last thing I've read, <laughs> but uh, because I think everything influences me in some way or another. So yeah, that's, a, that. I have to be honest, that's a hard question to ask, answer what influences me. I think it's what I'm interested in, perhaps, is what drives me. And whenever I'm working on any kind of project, I find it very stimulating to read. And very often, the book may have absolutely nothing to do with what I'm writing, but just something about the style or some ideas, some thoughts in the book stimulate my thought processes and send me off in a new direction, just, just give me a new idea. 
And how about your writer's group? I mean, is there kind of, if you're kind of critiquing or talking about each other's work, you know, how much of that influences you? Well, the writer's group, and I haven't actually been involved with one for a while, but I had been for many years. The main thing is there is a kind of support network because you can be writing for many years before you're ready to publish anything. So having a little bit of a support network is so helpful, especially starting out, but not only starting out. In terms of how the other writers in the group would influence me, like we would submit our work to be critiqued. So everybody would read each other's work and give their thoughts. And some people were more compatible in their critiques with my work than than others would be. But I wouldn't say that any particular person in the group had influenced me. It's very often getting that feedback would make me see that, nah, this isn't working or, yeah, something like that. And you said earlier that you did the, was it the program in Banff? I mean, could you tell me a bit more about that? Oh, that was a wonderful, wonderful program. I did it twice and they only allow you to go twice. So I would have gone again. I don't know how it is, what the criteria are right now, but anybody who has an opportunity to go to Banff really should. It's a school of the, it's a Banff School of the Arts. It's located in a beautiful setting outside the town of Banff. It's got all kinds of art programs there, writing, visual arts, concert arts, and the program I did was, I think, five weeks. I did it twice, as I said. And you get a room which has a desk and you can write all you want and then get a mentor. And then you meet with the other writers and they have a big cafeteria where you eat and the, the food is fantastic. And you have a chance to mingle with other artists. And there's a real cross-fertilization because you get to not just meet other writers, but meet other kinds of artists who perform or show their work. And the setting is just gorgeous. You can go for wonderful walks. And I found it extremely stimulating and uplifting. And I do it again in a flash. Yeah, it sounds like a wonderful place. Yes, it is. It's a gem. Tell me a bit more about how you actually got, you know, you moved into publishing, you know, your, well, your three books now, but how, how was that process for you? Because you started off, as you said, publishing stories and in, in small publications. I don't know much about the pu- publishing process. So how did you find that process of going from stories and publications to actually publishing novels? Well, it's an agonizing process for anybody who's ever done it. So at a certain point, I thought I had enough stories that could create a collection and I submit it to publishers. You send covering letter and a couple of sample stories, and then you wait an eternity to get an answer. They say, and this was back then, that six months to a year is normal to wait. So you can't be too impatient. And that's the first story collection. I can't remember it. It certainly took a bunch of months. I got rejections or sometimes no answer at all. A rejection at least was some answer. But publishers are, are most of them that I approached were small and they are overwhelmed by manuscripts. So not surprising. My second book I published with also a West Coast publisher and it also took a while. But the fact that I had already had one book published helped a little bit. It was a great experience for me. So, yeah, but each time it took a long, it took a while and nothing automatic about it. And unless you're really hit it big and not many people do, and I wouldn't say that I did, 
you could just expect that you have to submit your manuscript to a bunch of publishers. And I think it's gotten a lot harder, too, as a matter of fact, because their publishers have gone out of business. It's a different world than it was 20 years ago when, or 30 years ago when I started. And what do you think, as you say, the world has changed, particularly in publishing, and I think it's changed everywhere. But just thinking of the Amazons and a lot of things of, you know, the digital books and you know Kindles and that sort of thing. And, you know, how do you feel about that? It seems to be changing so rapidly. I don't follow everything. So I don't even know all about all the changes. What I do know, and some of them are not bad, the fact that you can get a book on a Kindle or online makes it more accessible. So that is not a bad thing at all. But I do lament the loss of small publishers because they played an important role, especially in a country like Canada, which a relatively small population. They played an extremely big, important role in promoting Canadian literature. There are just fewer of them. And each publisher, there's just so much competition now, much more competition than there was to get people's attention. There's just so many words out there in the world and so little time to read them all. So I think that publishers are looking for fairly sure bets. And there's also trends and fads. And if you don't somehow fit into some category that's on the ascendancy right now, that can also be a challenge. So I'm I lament that, but I guess people are still reading, and I have to be grateful for that. Yeah, and it's interesting. So I was reading an article about lockdown and how there's been an increase in reading, and a lot of the small bookshops have benefited because people have kind of bought from smaller bookshops. How's lockdown been for you, and what do you think about the kind of landscape at the moment? Well, I think that for some writers, the coronavirus and lockdown was quite good because it forced them to be at home and at their desk and there was nothing else to do. So for some people, I think that was actually a bonus. I'm in that category a little bit. For other people, I think it was a huge stressor not being able to get out and have the stimulation of meeting people and all that that does to your creative processes. So it was limiting and maybe worrisome too, you know, am I going to get sick? Who's Is somebody going to get sick? So what's happening to the world? And I guess those are all factors. But I, for me, I don't think my life changed all that significantly during coronavirus. I'm, I tend to be a homebody anyway, and I have a very nice home that I live in. So I certainly didn't suffer But it did make me wonder what will happen, especially early on. There was that feeling of catastrophe going on. And at a certain point, I wondered, you know, what's the point of spending, because it takes me years to produce a book. You know, who knows what kind of, what world is going to be there? Who's going to be reading? But as you say, there are, I guess it did promote a lot of reading. And so that is good. And I'm glad it helped the bookstores. As a writer, what sort of challenges do you have? I guess the main challenge is just writing. I find writing extremely difficult. The last word I would use to describe writing for me is fun. It's not fun the way almost anything else could be fun. It's just really, really hard. And it's hard even though I've written a few books that got published I still struggle with self-confidence immensely and just 
sitting down and facing the blank page is a huge challenge. And then writing a sentence and thinking it's not good enough is a huge challenge. So, and then just not knowing where you're going, like right now in particular, like I'm still floundering in the unknown. It's sort of like being in a forest and having no idea where you're going. You know, you have to go somewhere. Not only do you have to find the way, but you have to figure out what that somewhere is. And so I just find it hard, but I keep doing it. That, that I'd say, is the biggest challenge. Publishing, of course, is a huge challenge, but it's not the most important thing, and it's a little bit out of my hands, so I don't stress too much over that. I do my best to get published, but that's not what I'd say is the big, big challenge for me. It's just keeping on. And I don't know if you're thinking of asking me why I would do it if it's such an agony. You took the words. <laughs> you took the words literally out of my mouth. So, you know, okay, so why? Yeah. <laughs> why? I, I guess I belong into that category of writers who are masochists, I'm sure. But I think there's nothing else that gives me that kind of satisfaction and makes me feel so alive. I just feel like it adds a dimension to my life. And without it, I, I'm not really doing anything significant. Nothing else seems to work that way for me. Although it can be, can be that there will be a day when I feel I just can't anymore. And I'll just have to live with that and, and find my peace with that. But at the moment, I still feel like it's the one thing that gives me great satisfaction. It writing, I guess it broadens and deepens my thoughts, processes and mind. I get in, in touch with my my brain in a, in a way that I don't in, in any other way. And for that reason, it's the challenge. It's the, the challenge is agonizing, but it also is fulfilling. I guess that's why I do it. Coming back to your projects, you did mention you're working on a book at the moment. So could you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, so I'm, it's historical fiction. It's set in Germany in the late 1920s, early 1930s. I don't have a title for it yet. And it's, again, one of the characters is a Jewish woman, and the other character is a non-Jewish woman, a, an artist. One is a doctor, one is an artist, and they have a relationship. So Jew, another Jewish lesbian story, in a way. Yeah, very much about that time period. What drew me to that time is that Germany, Berlin, Berlin is the main city where it's set in, had a really thriving gay and lesbian underground culture at the time for a good number of years until the Nazis shut it all down. A lot of that history is just unknown how amazingly. It wasn't that the lesbian and gay world were accepted by the broader community. It wasn't that. It was underground. It was sort of somewhat seen as the shady world, but it was thriving and there was, and it was permitted. And for example, Berlin in its heyday had 55 old lesbian bars and clubs. I don't know anywhere in the world now that would have that many. It was a very short time, actually, but you could feel the world was opening up for a woman who wanted to have a relationship with other women. There was so much freedom, in a sense, and opportunity. And then it was all gone in almost overnight. And then it was not just gone, but forgotten. I don't know how many people today would be aware, other than historians, would be aware of just how amazing it was to be able to be a lesbian at that time. But the, there were also tremendous challenges as well. 
And as I said, my, one of the characters is Jewish. And so I just was, was very interested in that history. And I think it also has re- reverberations, you know, echoes in our own day. So even though things are so different. I was going to ask you that because I, often there are parallels between the past and present. I was just wondering what your feelings were about that. Well, I think one of the parallels I became very aware of, thought about a lot, is how easy, how fragile democracy is. So here you have in the 30s in Germany, the right wing rising extremely quickly. But you also had at the same time, it was a very liberal society, relatively speaking, and you had a strong communist movement. So the polarization between the extreme left and the extreme right, that has echoes and reverberations now. Finding that sweet spot that enables democracy to flourish. These are all questions that were raised then and very present now. You know, looking at the synopsis of at least the three books on your site, it's, uh, it looks like you're very drawn to the past or kind of historical things. Is that kind of a theme throughout much of your, as well as the relationships and things. Do you find yourself being drawn to kind of historical situations? Yes, yes, <laughs> that's good. Quite the insight. Yeah, I should have thought of that myself. No, that it's absolutely true that I feel drawn to writing about some past history. And I do enjoy the process of learning about a, a historical time period, although it's a lot of work and it's a big challenge because to get a historical period correct is difficult to put yourself into that world. And I guess I wonder myself why, why, in fact, before I started this new novel, I said to myself, I'm not doing another historical novel. Uh, it's it's going to take me another 10 years. I don't know if I have 10 years. It's like, why not do something easier and set it in today, or at least in, in a time period that I'm a little more familiar with. And I tried, and somehow it didn't click. And partly I feel out of touch with today's world. I'm, I'm not so young anymore myself. My circle is not that broad. But that's not the reason. I guess, you know, if I really wanted to, could do whatever I need to do to research and find out and get in touch with people. Somehow, I feel that, yeah, younger people can write about today's world. I need to write about a different time. I guess that's how I feel right now. That's how it's gone. And that's fine. Yeah, because I guess we're all drawn to different things, aren't we? So if you're drawn to the past and certain themes, that's kind of where your writing is. I guess it, it does sort of relate to my own family history. Like I do come out of a family that was very, my parents lived through the Second World War. They came out of that history of trauma. And I still living and dealing today with what happened then. So I've had a fairly easy life compared with what they lived through. And maybe that's why if if I had some horrible traumas in my own day that I personally experienced, perhaps that would be what I would feel compelled to write about. But I feel compelled to write about the shadow that was cast by all that happened in in their lives. And I think it is a shadow, and it's that collective trauma of people living through that experience, which was deeply, deeply traumatic. And certainly it was the Jewish population, but it was also gay and lesbians and gypsies uh, that were kind of caught in that net, you know, during the Second World War. Absolutely, absolutely. And going back to my current work, I am kind of interested in what, how did people experience that? The sudden loss of everything that they, having to really go underground and become, being able, one day you could 
be fairly open and live your life as and be who you were. And the next day you had to you had to transform yourself or go go back into the closet. And that happened across the board. It's, it's an interesting dilemma or question. It is. And I think it's, you know, it's interesting. You know, I'm actually interested to actually get your books to sort of read them because I think it is that it's keeping those memories alive, maybe, or at least that history alive of those time periods. Well, I'm happy to try to get you the books anytime. Yeah, I'll see if they're on Kindle. If not, I'm sure when I'm next over in Canada, I can try to get Absolutely. Last question. You know, I know you're working on a book at the moment and you don't have a title. You're kind of probably in the woods, you know, not seeing what the direction is going. But would you have a sense of, after this book, where writing is going? Or is it just very much focused on kind of your current project? Well, I tend to be a really slow writer. If you look at the how many years I've been writing. I started when in my 30s, but I'm now 72. So it, that's we're talking over a 40-year period in which I've managed to have three books published. And so when will this one get to germinate and really uh, come to fruition? I don't know. It's very hard for me to tell. I hope it doesn't take me 10 years, but it's possible. I'm afraid I can't look anywhere beyond that. I actually may... I may come to the point where I have to say, okay, I've done all the writing I can, and uh, other writers do. You don't necessarily go on forever, and and then that will be fine. If I don't feel I can or need to, then I'll stop and read to my heart's content. Hopefully the book that you're writing will see the light of day. I'm sure it will. Thank you. Thank you for saying so, Heather. And very much appreciate your interviewing me. It's really interesting to, and always nice to be able to talk a one, about one's work. Well, thank you. I was, I was going to say thank you as well, because it's been really interesting chatting with you and, and finding out more about your writing and what you've done and, and sort of the themes and things that you've touched on. So a big thank you to you. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Artist Tales. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Further information about the artist I spoke with is in the episode notes. Please rate and review this podcast on the apps and spread the word. You can get in touch by emailing artisttalespodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is on social media. Check the information in the episode notes. Hope you join me next episode 